Hello, and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. On this latest episode of the WWIA podcast, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel welcomes Mr. Charlie Bunton. Charlie's a retired Army major, having proudly served our country from 2004 through 2016. Charlie began his military journey as a former member of the Tennessee Army National Guard before attending the University of Tennessee at Martin, where he commissioned through the ROTC as a second lieutenant in the Army Engineer Corps. In 2005, Charlie deployed with the 101st Airborne Division to Iraq. Charlie also served with the 1st Infantry Division, the Delta Company 35th Engineer Battalion, 1st Engineer Brigade, and the 2nd Brigade, 1st Cavalry Division to Iraq. Charlie also served as an instructor of the ROTC program at Middle Tennessee State University for three years before returning to Fort Hood for his final assignment as a member of 3rd Corps HQ. His awards include the Bronze Star Medal with one Oak Leaf Cluster, Meritorious Service Medal, one Oak Leaf Cluster, Joint Commendation Medal, Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, Global War on Terrorism, National Defense Service Medal, Army Service Ribbon, Parachutist Badge, Air Assault Badge, Combat Action Badge. Charlie is the co-owner of Cigars on the Boulevard, a veteran-owned premium cigar bar and lounge located in Apollo Beach, Florida. Let's jump into the conversation with John and Charlie now. Hi, I'm John McDaniel, founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. You know, today's a very special day. It's the 3rd of October, 2023. And, uh, you know, this morning I realized that on the 3rd of October was the very same date that... Uh, you know, our, our forces, uh, you know, uh, you know, I say invaded, I don't know if that's the right word, but the Battle of Mogadishu is today. And that was pretty much a JSOC uh, Ranger slash 10th M- Mountain Division uh, thing uh, going after Farrar uh, Farrar Idid, uh there in Mogadishu. And so I just wanted to, you know, kind of uh, mentioned that. I know the 3rd of October has always been a, you know, a day that, uh, you know, doesn't get really that recognized, kind of falls in the same categories, maybe the, you know, Panama and other, you know, low intensity conflicts. But I can promise you, if you were there, it wasn't low intensity. But anyway, shout out to all those who participated in that event um, in the name of uh, freedom and democracy. So God bless you. Anyway, with me, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, today. His name's Charlie Button. And Charlie is the CEO and, and uh, uh, president, uh, owner, uh, operator of Cigars on the Boulevard here in Apollo Beach, Florida. And so welcome to the program, Charlie. Thanks, John. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, so for everybody, it's like, what, 10 o'clock? 10.07, you yeah. know, and, and we're in your bar. Yeah. And uh, in, your, in your establishment, before it opens, it opens at what, noon? Opens at noon. Here in Apollo Beach, we're, you know, our office, the foundation's office right down the street. And Charlie was gracious enough to host a, uh, a fundraiser for us 
a couple months ago we had a blast um uh, you know i drive by this place on my bike every day in my car when i come down to the end of the boulevard it's beautiful there's a there's a pool table here there's a beautiful humidifier there's a full bar and uh i wanted to do a segment uh with charlie uh being an entrepreneur you're a veteran and uh you're an entrepreneur and and uh you know this is uh to me uh, a great endeavor and i wanted to just spend some time chatting with you so why cigars in the army we smoke cigars you can't drink so you smoke cigars that's what the o calls were <clears throat> excuse me that's what the o calls were we had cigars downrange yeah i didn't have alcohol yeah. so i got enjoyed that i enjoyed the camaraderie that cigars bring yeah i miss that camaraderie from the army so i was trying to find the camaraderie somewhere else and i found that cigar bars it didn't matter who you are what walk of life you are to come from a cigar will bring two people together. That's 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 good. Now, when you say, and I, I agree with you, I appreciate that. Yes, here we are at ten o'clock in the morning having coffee and cigars. I love it. Now, you said downrange. You know, that's a, there's probably a lot of people that 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 most people that listen to this understand what what we mean when we say downrange. But you say when we were downrange, we couldn't drink alcohol, and so we smoked cigars. You know, old call meaning officer call. You were an officer, right? I was. I was a major. You're a major, retired as a major. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your service. United States Army. United States Army. Outstanding. So I, I see over there on your wall is a is a cavalry uh, hat. I was in the right? You were a cav guy. I was, well, I was 101st, first ID, and first cav. First oh. cav was my last deployed unit. Okay. Um, I served with 1-8 cav. I was one of, I think it was three engineer officers actually assigned to 1-8 okay. cav. Uh, that was the only time it's ever cavalry history that a non-infantry, non-armor officer was assigned to one uh, eight. Really? Yeah. Um, besides the normal support elements that go within the battalions, uh, the reason that that was that is because we were in what's called an STT uh, transit is a strategic ta transition team. It's where they took a bunch of field grade and, comp and senior company grade officers, dumped them into a brigade headquarters, and said, "You're going to help advise the Iraqi army." While these guys do maneuver operations, what what year? What time frame were we? That was 2010. That last one was okay. And where was your where was your your home duty station? My home duty station was Fort Hood, Texas. You know, have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Chrisman? I may have asked you that before. I don't believe I have. Okay, he was a brigade commander, and I, and and he, he he might be listening to this someday. So I got to be careful for you know what what time frame that was. But I, I know I know he was there. Uh, commanding a, a brigade at the time, I just thought I'd take a shot in the dark. Anyway, so you are an engineer officer by 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 trade, right? Right, by trade. Okay, and we're so, the castle. What's that? We're the castle. That's right. We're the castle. And so, as an engineer officer, um, you know, tell us what you know what because I, I to, as an infantry guy, whenever we had the engineer, uh, you know, assigned to us, or we saw the engineer, the unit engineer, usually, as I recall, there was an engineer officer assigned to every battalion and probably every brigade and certainly at every division. There aren't that many of you, but you guys go out and do lots of things. You help breach obstacles, you find mines, you build stuff, you blow stuff up, right? What's it? Tell, tell me about what, what is the role of an engineer officer in a battalion or a brigade element, a combat team of some sort? So I've always looked at it as we're the guys that when the, the infantry or armor officer can't figure out what to do, they call on the engineer. <laughs> and that's not a dig on the infantry and armor officer oh, well, by any, by oh, any means. Of and they, they're just looking for a creative way to, to solve a problem. Solve a problem. That's right. 
um, the engineers bring to the table the ability to blow things up. Yeah. We build it, build bridges. So there's a obstacle. Well, that there are internal mine plows in an armored battalion. Yeah. They have them on tanks. There are ways to get around in a minefield for an infantry battalion. But if you want it done quickly and you want it done safely, you call the engineers. Yeah. And you have your brigade engineer officer that coordinates with the engineer battalions or the engineer companies or whatever the the element you need to make that happen. Yeah. We have bridge crew members. We have vertical and horizontal construction. We have uh, combat engineers, which are your demo experts. Well, and I would imagine, you know, I, I will tell you um, from my perspective as, you know, as the infantryman's perspective. You know, imagine, if you will, an infantry, a meaty knuckle dragon infantry, just keep, keep it at the battalion level. You know, it's got something like, let's just say 20 officers. I don't know, perhaps more, 25, I don't know. And its battalion strength is, you know, close to 800. And then there's this, there's this engineer officer that gets thrown into the mix, mm-hmm. right? And so you, but you're one of the, you're, you're part of this team, you right. know? But uh, I think if it were me and, I, and the roles were reversed and I was an engineer and I was supporting an infantry battalion, you know, it's sort of, you, you, I don't want to say you're a combat engineer. Of course, you're in the combat arms. You know, you're going to help this team do things that it can't organically do. So it's kind of a unique, uh, you know, relationship and a very unique position to be in. So, um, and, and in 2010, you're where? Over in Iraq? I was in Iraq. Okay, excellent. And uh, you served there in combat. Uh it was combat operations. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I got shot at every day. It's not like the movies yeah. where you're constantly yeah. shot at. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of advising. There's a lot of civil military operations. There's a lot of non-combat engagements that you make Absolutely. to help strengthen the country of Iraq. Exactly. And I did a lot of that. Yep. Well, you know, they say, you know, combat you know, you know, in the in the in the few times that I, you know, was in, in engaged in, in active ground combat, I, I would say, you know, as as you know, it, it, you know, it's about ninety nine minutes of boredom interrupted by one minute of sheer panic. Correct. You know, and 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 you see that panic on TV and in the movies because that's what that's what sells exactly. that action. But for the most common soldiers, you know, that's kind of the way it you know it it pans out. Anyway. Well, we appreciate your service. Thank you very much. Now, let's talk about let's talk about being an entrepreneur for a second because this segment that we're working on here is uh, you know, entrepreneurs, veteran entrepreneurs and you fit into that category. When I and I've been here in Apollo Beach since, you know, I guess 05 when when I was assigned to SOCOM across the bay. And um so it's, you know, coming up on 20 years here and I remember coming through and passing this shopping uh center here if you will this complex that your cigars on the boulevard is, is is in and then i remember you know three four years ago when you hung up your shingle because i actually looked at this particular building as as a place for my headquarters for the foundation i'm glad this, you didn't get it exactly well i almost did pull the tr- we almost did pull the trigger uh, but it was a wine bar or a place to wait, make wine or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was a like. wine bar first, and it was a boutique store for yeah. ladies' clothing. My daughters, at the ages of, I think they were four and six, yeah. loved coming here and getting earrings and yep. things like that. And that that was, was on that side over there. That was on this side. Yeah, that's right. That's no, right, right where we're sitting oh, right now. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, I always admired the space, and I really looked hard at it. I brought my staff here. We looked at it. and uh, But there was some construction that needed to happen and some remodeling and this kind of thing in order to make it our own. And, and, and I was like, eh, you know, I just don't have the bandwidth to, 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 to mess with this. So, you know, we kind of moved on. Actually, we went to Brandon. And, and, and got an office in Brandon because there was nothing here in Apollo Beach that, that, that suited our needs. And now we're back in Apollo Beach and very happy. So, uh, you know, we, you know, those that work at the headquarters every day, you know, all live here in Apollo Beach. So, you know, it's an easy little commute for us. But you've done very well, my friend. This is a beautiful, beautiful facility. It's great. I love the pool table. You know, here we are. I'm smoking one of my favorite cigars. And drinking a cup of coffee and chatting with a veteran, and and you're you're an entrepreneur. Tell us, okay, a little bit about from your perspective, you know, what it's like to take that step, you know, and 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 your story about becoming an entrepreneur, you know, an owner of a cigar bar that serves, you know, liquor and beer and and cigars, and you know, tell us about that. Well, it's very different in the mil- in the military. In the military, you have standards. Hey, go do this. Roger, sir, got it. We'll make it happen. There's the E4 mafia that exists. The mm-hmm. E4 mafia, who we don't, we don't speak about, but I want to take a risk of speaking about I it. I love the E4 mafia. And then the, you disappear. Oh, I say it all the time. <laughs> I say it all the time. I love yeah, it. Th- those are the guys. Those are the guys. The sergeants are the backbone of the Army yeah. all day long. And the E4 mafia give you the sergeants plausible deniability. <laughs> you don't have that here. Yeah, everything's right. legal everything's yeah, done right, right. yeah uh, and, anyway. and, 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 and you know what else is you know you're, you're e, i don't want to say you're e4 mafia but your enlisted crew mm-hmm. i'm trying to you know bridge the gap on the analogy but really your your employees depending on how big you get but you know your employees are really like the core of your you know ncos and soldiers right i mean mm-hmm. you can't do it yourself no i can't you, know, you can't there's no, no way you got to have people working for you right i'm very fortunate in my staff i have great bartenders they do work hard for me um they are very motivated and they go for a common goal their goal is motivated by money which is fine because it's a business versus service of country or you know trying to better their life from some place they came from right it's just different yeah for sure um Figuring out how to motivate civilian employees versus military employees is night and day. And the other thing is, is an, you know, in the military, you don't have to worry, as a leader in the military, you don't have to worry about their paycheck. No. You don't have to worry about, your, Sam handles you don't have to worry about your paycheck. No. Nope. See, as an entrepreneur, this is, what, this, is, this is the thing. This is the rub as a, you know, a guy who, 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 who uh, you know, I fancy myself an entrepreneur as well. Um, you, you know, when you when you're the guy that has to when when you're the guy that has to worry about other people's pay, mm-hmm. you know that's that that that's some, that 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 turns the page, man. That's a different that's a different thing, and, you know. In the military, hey, leadership's leadership. You still got to provide leadership every single day, purpose, yeah. direction, motivation, and all that. But on your shoulders is the responsibility for making sure that this is a going concern, so that they can get paid. Right. That's exactly. That's a different story. Exactly. And one of the great things about Cigars on the Boulevard, and I appreciate our patrons for this. Yeah. Is since day one, we put X number of dollars in the bank. Said, yeah. hey, here's our starting capital. Yep. Let's pray we never have to go out in our pockets again. Yeah. And we never had to go out of our pockets. Awesome. We've been in the black since day one. 
Now, I've come close to that line oh, yeah. a couple of times where I'm like, I'm going to have to come out of my pocket for this you month. Can feel, you can feel, you can feel and it. And then all of a sudden, we have an event. And, and so it just it kills it. Up. And it yeah. just changes everything. Or one of our bartenders has a great idea and says, hey, Charlie, yeah. let's do this for this Friday night. Guarantee we pull in it. So we pump the idea and we kill it. Yeah. And it's, it's a team. It really is. And they're looking at their tips. They're more than they are their paychecks uh, because that's what they, that's one of the great things that, that helps them out. You know, that's, uh, that, that's, 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 that's well said. You know, I, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, for me personally, you know, I've been years and I, I was smoking cigars, you know, I guess back, back when I was really smoking cigars, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to have, maybe two or three cigars a week. You know, I wasn't a very heavy smoker. I'm not daily. <laughs> I know that you're doing it daily. Well, all right. Well, you know, I, I just never, I mean, I enjoy it, but, but I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm sitting here smoking a cigar right now with you and absolutely loving it. You know, I mean, I'm going mm -hmm. to have that cup of coffee. I'm going to be flying all day long after a cup of coffee and a cigar at 10. But, you know, I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed pool tables. When I came in here and I saw the pool table, I'm like, yes, you know, and, um, you know, we had that fundraiser here. It was a great crowd. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you doing that for Happy us. Happy to have done it. You know, and I, we did that on, on Purple Heart Day to commemorate, you know, our nation's Purple Heart recipients. And I really enjoyed it. I really did. And uh, we had a great night and, and uh, you know, proud to proud to be here and, and, and also you know, showcase what you're doing. But let's go back a second here. Let's take another step back okay. about being, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and, and having the weight of, you know, uh, you know, how are you going to pay the bills? What about the employees? And, you know, all those things that run through, you know, your mind, um, you know, tell us, you know, like, if you don't mind, like what, where do you, you know, we always, in the, you've always said, you know, hey, leaders typically spend about, 90% of their time on 10% of their problems or challenges, okay? Now, without getting too deep into it, I'm just curious, you know, because if you ask me, hey, you know, where do you spend, you know, what is that 90-10 ratio for me? What does that look like? I'm asking you, what's that look like? So, my 90-10 ratio is probably events. We okay. want to have an event once a quarter. And I spend 90% of my time planning that event. Like we have Oktoberfest coming up on the 6th of this month. Yep. Would love for you to buy a ticket. Love for you to tell people about be it. It'll be, it's $30 a ticket. Tell us about that event. So it's $30 a ticket. You get a, a, a beer stein. Okay. We give you a stein, a okay. liter stein, a liter of beer, two brats and two sides for 30 bucks. And this is when? This is Friday. This is this, this Friday. Friday, yeah. It's short notice, I know. For the people no, hey, that that works for me. I mean, I've got uh, uh, that works for me. I, I love it. And you're gonna have you're gonna have Oktoberfest beer in here, a keg of it or something. We're gonna have two kegs of Weinsteimer. Oh, I love that beer. Yeah, it's a great beer. And then after that, we're gonna keep that on tap as our normal beer. Oh, so it's our call. debut beer. We're gonna have yeah. their 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 rep out here. Um, Smart. And he's gonna be out here giving giveaways yeah. and things like that. Yeah. We're gonna have cigars, cigar sales. You know, you've got the we got the Rays in the in the playoffs too, man. So we're gonna play, play Rays. them too. Yeah, I mean the Tampa Bay Rays are. You know that that that's uh that ought to be cigars and baseball go 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 well for you too. They don't hear that. 
We try yeah, playing yeah. the Rays, and we get a people couple of fans. That, that They'll really? watch it if it's on. But what are people doing when they're coming in here? You got a club they're more of guys. talking. They got you got a club of dudes that sits out here mm-hmm. on the porch, and I'll tell you, they don't know me from a hole in the wall. And I I rocked up. I've rocked up here. I don't know half a dozen times. And what day is that? That that that, that Tuesdays. Like, Tuesdays. So I showed up on a Tuesday, and mm-hmm. they were the friendliest lot. Man, I know I could have integrated into that into that group just Good. like that, man. They were super cool dudes. And that's how every group is here. Yeah. We have every once in a while you have a business meeting. Every once in a while you have a group of guys that are just wanting to talk about, you know, really close friends that are just talking about life amongst friends. But nine times out of ten, you walk in here, hey, can I join you? Sure, man, sit down. I'm sitting by myself. Yeah. Where are you from? Exactly. That in cigars is the commonality that bring people together. Yeah. I've seen people get jobs here. I've helped people get jobs here. You know, I've had guys that are out of work. They come in and they're like, this is my last buck. I'm like, let me buy you a cup of coffee and you pay for your cigar. And they're like, just that gesture of kindness for a cup of coffee that cost me what, 50 cents. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, man, I was looking at you here. You're wearing, you're wearing a, a plaid shirt, blue jeans, and a cowboy hat. So let me, what's, are you come from that part of the country? I come you, from Tennessee. You do? Yeah. Tell me about this. Tell me about growing up. Man. I grew up in Tennessee. Um, loved country music. Grew up on country music. Um, uh, joined the army when I was eighteen, uh, the National Guard specifically. Went through college in the National Guard in in University of Tennessee at Martin. Okay. While I was in the National Guard, I was a medic. wasn't a very good medic, so I decided <laughs> to become an engineer officer. If you're not a good medic, it's time for a career change. <laughs> it was time for a career change, so I commissioned as an engineer officer. <laughs> I was a really good engineer officer. I love it. I could always figure out how to. Better than blow. You're better at blowing stuff up than fixing guys that did get blown up, huh? Well, I could fix them. It just the whole bedside manner thing. Yeah. I wasn't very good at. So, so your sensitivity. You know, I remember a student on the side. You know, I was an ROTC. I was an ROTC dude. I didn't enlist at time before that, but so I have to always say that. But, but when I went to ROTC after a short enlistment period. Um, I, uh, I remember going to the advanced camp out in Fort Lewis, Washington. It was yep. my first real, you know, deployment, if you will, quote unquote, in the summertime, but to go do this, you know, this camp. And I remember, um, you know, just knocking it out of the ballpark as a former athlete, you know, yeah, you know, it just wasn't, it, it, it all came very easy. To me, right. Mm-hmm. And then it came time to get like graded, you know, and they, they pulled you aside and, you know, you kind of like, Hey, here's where you're at. You know, and you get every, you know, you get scored as a, you know, as a cadet, you got to graduate from this thing. And I remember, you know, having basically pegged out all of the, all of the things that you need to do to graduate, you know, it was all high marks, except for one category where I just didn't score very well on at all. Um, and it was sensitivity. And uh, I just remember chuckling, you know, at my, to myself, I was going to pass, you know, it wasn't like a failing thing. But I mean, I got low marks on sensitivity, and uh, you know. So when you say bedside manners, I presume that that's probably in that same arena. I've changed. I've done a one eighty yeah. since then. Having a business, you can't be unsensitive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You have to understand where your bartenders that's come from. They're not exactly. soldiers. That's right. They're not your bartenders. Your guys aren't soldiers, except one. I have one soldier that works for me. And I ain't talked to him however I want. He's my brother. I'm like, hey man, I need this done. He's like, all right, cool. But, you know, that's a great point. And let's talk about transition, you know, I, and, and me too. I mean, we all go through it. And mm-hmm. this is for, for all the veterans out there that are about to transition or still transitioning from the military into the civilian life. 
you know, that's that that idea of sensitivity. And I don't know, there's probably other ways of talking about it uh, or mentioning it. But, you know, you really do have to be a little more, you know, and I don't want, mean that to sound in you know, a pejorative in any way, shape or form, but a little more sensitive to or aware of the fact that you are not in the military. You can't speak to people, you know, the way you once did. You, you know, and oh, by the way, you know, your rank is gone. I mean, you're just Joe Blow on the block, man. You got no shiny shit on your uniform nope. or your hat. You're not an officer. You're just amongst them, right? And that's a big transition for a lot of guys, isn't it? Yeah, it is for sure. Um, all right, something beeping. I don't know what it is. Anyways, um, one of the things that uh, when you when you do make that transition, you no longer have that the shiny stuff on your hat anymore, yeah. and, or your uniform. It's yeah. it's being a major in the army and a cup of co- in, a, in 25 in 250 will get you a cup of coffee at cigars on the boulevard yeah that's yeah. the 250 means more than the major rank that's right all day long that's right that's right that's right i have sergeants majors come through i've had general yeah, officers I was come here, through there, there was a sergeant major here mm-hmm. um you know when i when i uh, showed up he was tra- you know he saw our ad Mm-hmm. Um, someplace he was traveling it was on TDY or something like this, and he came in. It was great, great to you know, great to see him. But yeah, okay. So let's talk about cigars for a minute. All, All right. right. I mean, you've got a whole humidor over there of product. I mean, I mean, if you had to guess, I mean, about how many different kinds of cigars are you offering? Here? I have roughly two hundred facings in there. Two hundred different brands of cigars. Well, not different brands, just different facings, so different flavor profiles. Oh, okay. Talk about that. For so. A there's all kinds of flavor profiles. There's Crojo, Sumatro, Habanos, Maduros, Connecticut's, just to name five. Okay. Those are the basic five you'll always get. Okay. So let me break, break, because I thought, you know, I didn't know any of that. All right. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like to learn. But in my mind, when I talk about cigars, I talk about the very basic stuff. You know, you have mild, medium, and and full body. And full body. And right? that's how we usually present them all. Okay. And the reason we do that is because of the average person who's just coming in for a cigar, just, hey, I'm having my once a month cigar and yeah. my, my whiskey, doesn't do the study and know the difference between Crojo and Sumatra. And I'm not calling, them, in, I'm not calling them ignorant by any means. No. I'm just saying they don't care, nor right. should they. Right. This is their once a month cigar. This is not their hobby. This right. isn't their job. It's like going out to the to the uh, range and wanting to shoot an AR-15 for the first time. Right. I just want to shoot an AR-15 because I've never done it before. Sure. It fires a 5.56. Okay, cool. It fires a 223 or 5.56. Yeah. And that's that's great. It does that. I just want to shoot the AR-15. Okay, cool. Let's put you on a range. Let's get you a safety check and do all that good stuff. It's 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 a it's a fun thing to do. Yes. That's what it comes down to. Um, but going back to the cigars, but we have all those different cigars, um, and different flavor profiles. Those, those flavor profiles that you mentioned, those five that you just mentioned. The five most common. Okay. Uh, Do they all fit in a different, you know, mild, medium, or or, or full body? Are they all in that range? Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, your Maduro is a full body. Yeah. You can get them in a medium body also. But a Maduro is a darker wrap. It's a darker wrap. Okay. It's usually, not all the time, a full body cigar. The Corojo, the Habano, and the Sumatra are usually usually a medium body cigar. Every once in a while, you get more of a full body or a lighter body. And Connecticut is always a light body cigar. 
This is I'm I'm partial. I've always been partial to to, to this particular Patron sixty four. Yeah, Patron sixty four. I was born in sixty four. That not that that matters. But when I saw that and I and I fired up one of these cigars years and years ago, I was like, wow, that's my smoke. Now I I I prefer if you say okay, what's better than this? You know, uh, you know, a Cuban. I mean, I like a Monte Cristo number two. Monte Cristo number two are very good. I really enjoy that. it. So what category is that? So Monte Cristo number two is a medium body cigar. Most Cuban cigars are medium to light body cigars. Okay. How about this one? This that Pedro. one's a medium body cigar. Okay. So that's what I like then. So I'm going to knock Cubans for a second. Go for Not it. the country, not the people, the but cigars. the cigars. Okay, go ahead. So the reason they're so popular is because they're the, the forbidden fruit. You can't get them easily. Well, that's right. So that's why people like to smoke them. They're a good cigar. Yeah. But I have things in my humidor in Esteli, Nicaragua, that'll blow one out of the water. Yeah. And not think twice about it. Yeah. Like if you did a blind taste test with cigars, most people probably would be like, oh, I like this one. And, and it'll and, be it from Esteli, Nicaragua. Absolutely. I will bet money on it. Yeah. We have a Rodriguez family cigar there in go. there. That's by, it's one of my cheapest cigars really? the, by price point. But it's also one of my best flavors. Say, say that name again. Rodriguez family. Uh-huh. It's from Key West, Florida. Okay. Uh, they get all their cigar tobacco from the Estelle, Nicaragua. And it's one of the best cigars you'll ever smoke. So why is it that it's just down the street, you know, here in Ybor City? Mm-hmm. They, you know, Tampa's a cigar place. And this is what I heard years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to hang out in Ybor City and smoke cigars and drink coffee and play chess. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, and down there at Ybor City, there's a ton of cigar manufacturers, or there used to be, there still is, you know, they're rolling cigars, manufacturing cigars down there. And I heard that it, the reason that the Cubans long time ago, I'm guessing, you know, came here to Tampa and started, you know, manufacturing cigars here is because the climate, no surprise, in Tampa land where we live is very similar to what was going on in, you know, Cuba or Havana. Is that, is that, you, wait? you're not a far off. Okay. Tell, tell so us. So what happened was, I, and I learned this this year. Okay. We're going to start with Mr. Ebor. Okay. I E-B-O-Y-R. Right. He didn't spell his name Y first. Oh, and he did it was not. E first. Okay. When it became the city, it was spelled Y, if I remember the story correctly. Interesting. Okay. He came from, he immigrated from Cuba to Key West, opened cigars there. Cigar, Key West was the cigar capital of the world. When went with all the immigration from Cuba, wow! America cracked down on Key West for immigration, pushed further north into Ebor. Ebor, if I remember, I think this don't don't quote me on this one. Ebor mm-hmm. was swampland at one point. Doesn't surprise me. It got built up much like Washington D.C. Yeah, and now the families immigrated from Key West up to Ebor, therefore making Ebor City. The cigar capital of the world. I'll be there. Or at least the U.S. Right. Now, are they still... Now, Fuentes down there? Who else? Fuentes is still in Nicaragua. Okay. Who's here? J.C. Newman. Say it again? J.C. Newman. Okay, that's right. They've got but a building. They have, but they own Fuente. Okay. So, Fuente is technically here. Okay. So, that's what I thought. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Excellent. So, you know, like as a business guy, right? I mean, if you're in the business of cigars, you should know your product line, and and you certainly do. Okay. I know it. There's people that know it better than I do. It's just like when you're in the Army. Right. You do the infantry. Yes. Your NCOs were subject matter experts in the infantry. Absolutely. 
Same thing here. I've got cigar, Michael, one of my cigar guys, blows me out of the water when it comes to, he's also my brother. He was in the infantry in the army. Blows me out of the water when it comes to cigars. I can't hold a candle to him. Nick, my other cigar guy, civilian his whole life, great cigar guy, blows me out of the water when it comes to cigars. Scott, one of my reps, same thing. You're saying knowledge of product. Exactly. Knowledge of product. I know my stuff. Yeah. I know it very well. These guys, I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet in the corner. When I'm there, no, right. you got to know. Well, you know what? That's, uh, I, that's, a humble, that's a humble thing to say. And I really appreciate it because you got to surround yourself in business with people that are better than you. Absolutely. You know, right? That's what this is about. How many times have we been told when we were in the Army, hey, if you're going to build a team and you have any opportunity to say who gets on that team, typically oh, you're yeah. just given a deck of cards to play with, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you can shape that team with key leaders, it's best to surround yourself with people that are better than you. All day long. You know? And I, I have done that. My bartenders, Amanda, I call her my first sergeant all the time. She runs Running this place. It. She runs this place. Good. She absolutely does. And she does a great job of it. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a leader here. And yeah. that's what I bring to the table. I bring leadership. So let me ask you on the topic of leadership, right? Well, you know, if you had to describe yourself, your leadership style, okay? I, don't, I, I would probably struggle with that question. I, I, I don't know how I would do because I, I, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. But let me ask you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, no, man, but I just you want to. You are, I, but that's okay. I, I, all right. <laughs> but, but, like, how would you describe your leadership style? I so, mean, I'm, so, remember how I said I wasn't a very good medic because I didn't have bedside manner? Mm -hmm. I learned how to have bedside manner as an officer and learned how to listen to my soldiers and listen to my non-commissioned yep. officers. Yeah. I learned that when they're going through a hard time, that might be affecting them. So, my leadership style is a caring leader, someone who cares about what's going on in their private life. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting married this week. Cool. I'm blocking this entire week off for you, making sure your shifts are covered. Yeah. I'm doing that. I might need your help on making some stuff happen, but you're covered. I have a nail appointment. All right, cool. It's a nail appointment. We'll figure this one out. <laughs> I got your shift. <laughs> I've got your, we got your shift covered. Right you know, on. I got a hair appointment. And these are all specific women because yeah. the vast majority of people I have working for me are women. Yeah, right. The guys are a little easier in the aspect of, hey, Charlie, yeah. I got a class I'm going to take for security. Right. Okay, that's your, that's your other gig. Yeah. My brother does security on the side. He's had some classes that had to take. Yeah. I get a shift covered. Nick, Nick's easy. He wants to go to a concert every once in a while. Right on. So I just, you know, I try to adhere to their needs as much as possible without, you know, saying, without, Without just flat saying, oh, you get whatever you want. Right on. Well, you know, before we kicked off the podcast here, we were, we were chatting. You, you said that you've got, uh, you asked me if I had any, you know, veterans that, you know, were, were interested in, in uh, you know, maybe perhaps coming to work for you here. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just, you know, because you never know who's listening to right. this, right? But, you know, here we are in Apollo Beach, Florida, in between St. Pete and Tampa, there's a that, you know, I think 7% of our of, of campus society writ large, you know, are veterans. I just saw that stat yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I don't know what I would have guessed it was. You know, I guess I probably would have been, you know, it, it, below 10% on my guess, but I wouldn't have nailed seven. But that's a lot because it's a big mm -hmm. city. Right? So tell us about this opportunity and what you're looking for. So what I'm looking for is a cigar, a couple of cigar guys. 
okay. people with active spillings, people that might want to work a couple of days a week. It's okay. not a full-time gig. Okay. It's something for supplemental income. All right. Someone that's wanting to, I have another job or I get paid enough through the VA, just want to go hang out, smoke cigars, talk to people, help somebody find a cigar. So you need to have a basic knowledge of cigars. Okay. You don't have to have an in-depth knowledge, but a basic knowledge of cigars. Just like you were saying, me, uh, light, medium, full body. Okay. And what would this person do? Or these, if you get a couple of guys, what would they be doing? They would make sure my boxes are filled in the cigar in the, in the humidor. Okay. So they would. I have some stashed away that you'd pull the empty box. You take the empty box off the shelf, put the full box up. Okay. You would clean ashtrays. You yep. bar back for the girls that are bartending, and you get tipped out by the bartenders. Right on. And I'll talk money with them offline. How 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 do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can call me at Cigars on the Boulevard or email me at charlie at cigarsotb, that's Oscar Tango Bravo, mm-hmm. dot com. Excellent. You also have a website, don't you? I do have a website. Tell My us about email that. address is on cigarsotb.com. That's Oscar Tango Bravo. Okay. Um, you can reach me through the website. You're on Facebook, too? I'm on Facebook. You can reach me there. Yeah. Um, I'll grab one of my cards while I'm still talking. Real All right, quick. You can, can walk over there. Number. We got great range on these things, but okay, don't good. worry about it. Yeah. So we'll get you the phone number is 813-296-1016. I say again, 813-296-1016. Um, you can call me on that number. Um, those are all great ways of getting in touch with me. Let me ask you something, man. If you had to give any advice to a to a veteran or anybody for that matter who might be listening, you know, uh, and thinking about starting their own thing and being an entrepreneur, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, the first advice I would be would give them is not about being an entrepreneur. It'd be about how to live life. Okay, living life is just remember you're not alone. You have friends in your corner. A lot of veterans I find get out of the military and they go through withdrawal, they go through depression because it's not the military anymore and they don't have the camaraderie. You're not alone. You can still reach, reach out and call your buddies from the Army. I talked to my old first sergeant just last night. I gave him a phone call just to see how he was. Checked on him. Do your buddy checks, things like that. That's the first thing. Secondly, if you want to become an entrepreneur, there are ways of doing it. I have a business partner. You can go in it alone. There's business loans out there. Yep. Um, have a solid business plan. If you need help with your business plan, come talk to me. I'll be happy to help you with your business plan. Good for you. You got a you got a business partner. I do. Tell tell us about your business. So partner. Kevin Elwell, I uh, I kind of boondoggled him into, into the cigar business. Okay. Um, he started out as like, hey, I got a great. He's a, he's a serial entrepreneur, is what I call him. Um, <laughs> Love it. He has he's owned multiple bars throughout his life. He's owned kids or kids. He owns rental properties. He's, he's a self-made man, um, and he was helping me become a self-made man myself. myself. Um, we went into this business, 50-50 partners, and he, without getting into too much of the details of the contracts, yeah. um, he, we were 50-50 from day one. And first thing that happened was I said, hey, I have an idea for a cigar bar. He's like, great, you find the land, I'll go in with you. Then it became... Well, we need a liquor license. You find a liquor license for me, and I'll go in with you. So I found a liquor license on on Craigslist, and then <laughs> you found a liquor license, license on, on Craig. Craigslist. Yeah, I just didn't even I link. Love I, that. I didn't even put a subject line in there. I said read read link in the subject line or something like that. And then he goes, I love the smile on your and face. And he goes, man, "Where did it. you find this?" I said, "Craigslist." Did you check the link? And he goes, "Yeah." 
And then he goes, so he basically he says, okay, so you found the liquor license and the land. It looks like I'm in. So I kind of boondoggled him into, sure. into doing it. How'd you meet, how'd you meet him? Uh, we do CrossFit together. My kids went to Kids or Kids where okay. he, he owned. Okay. Which, which is one of his businesses. He right Excellent. Well, good. Now, you know, it's good to have people in your corner. And, you know, no single points of failure. You know, partnerships mm-hmm. are great. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, I, I've really enjoyed our, our, our time together, you know, here, Charlie. Um, uh, let, me, let me ask you, you know, um, about, you know, the future here, you know, with cigars on the boulevard. You know, entrepreneurs kind of have, you know, a vision, if you will, you know, say, hey, this is where we are right now. Uh, and, you know, you, know, you don't have to have a plan to conquer the world. And, uh, you know, I'm just asking you. You know, when you when you think about, you know, your business model, your business plan, you know, in the future for cigars on the boulevard, you know, what's that look like? I honestly don't know right now. We're we're trying to figure we want to keep doing quarterly events. Yeah. We want to keep, you know, our patrons happy, just a place where they can relax. Yeah. Smoke, enjoy it. Um and this is a growing community. I mean, right next door. Much, yeah. When I parked you know, before you know, we started this. I came into your establishment here. You know, there's the sound of nail guns going because there's yeah. a huge complex going up right next to you here. You know, that's going to help you. I mean, the, the, the hey, when I moved here almost 20 years ago, you know, you could have played a football game right out here, you know, on, on this boulevard right. and probably got through a quarter before a car came by, you right. know. But the, the things have changed quite a bit. This, this whole South Shore area is just blown up. So I got to imagine that, you know, you're in a, in my, from my perspective, you're in a pretty good position right we, here. We are. Uh, we're making money. Like I was telling you earlier, day one, we put X number of dollars in the bank, said, yeah. hey, this is the amount of money we're putting in the bank. Let's try not to ever come out of our pockets again. Yeah. And we never have. Good for you. And that was a, that's been an amazing blessing. God yeah, has yeah. truly blessed us on that. For you. Um, I have come close a couple of times where the pucker factor was, was really tight. Where it was like, I'm not going to make bankroll this month yeah and then all of a sudden we have an event or one of my bartenders has a great idea not knowing that we need the money but just has a great idea and we kill it yeah and now we're i don't even worry about that anymore i've never we've never used a credit card we've never had a line of credit with any of our distributors we just pay cash for everything good for you that's great and you got a full i'm looking at a full bar of, of, Mm -hmm. of liquor behind behind you there you know it's just very well very well done. So, I mean, you guys are a full-service bar here. Mm-hmm. You got great bartenders, you got great help, you got great product, you know, and there's lots of room to be be proud here. And, I, you know, I, uh, I certainly appreciate what you've done. And that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. People don't realize, you know, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, you know. I mean, you know, they don't see the day-to-day grind that, that, that you go through and the worries of, you know, hey, how am I going to make payroll as an example. Right. Um, you know, but that's, uh, you know, that's part of it. You know, with it comes some freedom too, right? Right. You know, freedom as the boss, you know, and there's some privilege, certainly some privilege, but, but with that also comes a great deal of responsibility. Exactly. I mean, I might take a few days off just to go do things with my family, but then I might be stuck here for four days because a bartender yeah. gets sick or a cigar guy gets sick and I need to cover down. So it's not just total freedom. It's, Nice. You have to do both. 
Well, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, an opportunity to, uh, you know, take the, uh, the, the last shot. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Well, there, I do. I want to give a couple of shout outs to another, another veteran owned business. Sure. If that's all right. Absolutely. Uh, the Nifty Deli, it's on Flamingo. Okay. It's a sandwich shop. It's veteran owned. Where opera. is this now? It's on Flamingo, right off of 41. So the quarter 41 of so Flamingo. So you go up to 41, you bang it right? Yep. And how far down is it? Uh, about a mile. And That's it's a sandwich shop. Sandwich shop. Okay. Well, Dell, I did not really know that. Good. It, w- w- which complex is it? Um, it's in that complex right behind the diner. Oh, it's behind the diner. Yeah. The Apollo Beach Diner. Yeah. Uh, and tell me the name one more time. Nifty Deli. The Nifty Deli. Okay. She is a Afghan war veteran okay. and as an AG soldier. Okay. And I just want to give a shout out to her just for the sheer fact that she's What's her name? If you don't mind. Her first name? Sam. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll go visit her. I have a sandwich in her shop and, yeah. and, and say uh, thanks for your service. That's yeah. outstanding. I, I just like giving shout outs to other veteran-owned operated businesses when I can. There's there, No, there's more than that. There's Edward Jones has Mike Ball that works there. Just, you know, support the veterans, guys. Yep. That's We, we got to support ourselves because that's what we did in the Army and Marine Corps, the Navy, the Air Force, and now the Space Force and the Coast Guard. Yeah. Um, I almost forgot about the Coast Guard. Can't forget Homeland Defense there. That's right. That's right. Um, the, the international ambassadors of the of the world, right? Yeah. Good for you. Well, I, I, again, I appreciate your time. And, Absolutely. And, and, and it's great to see you again. Thanks for what you did during the Purple Heart, Heart fundraiser that we did for the foundation. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to know you. And I, we wish you the, the continued success. And uh, we'd love to work with you again on another, you know, venue here. So we're always open to ideas as well to help our veterans. And uh, thank you very much for uh, what you've done and your, and your time here today. You're welcome. Happy to have done it. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank That's you. a wrap. All right. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart Heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.